Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Thanks so much. What a blessing. I was... Um, <clears throat> so as we were wishing, I was reminded um, of our youngest, Emily. She loves to sing. Um, I don't know, apparently it's healthy for kids to sing. It's, apparently it's a good sign. So, um, so she seems to be happy. She sings all the time. Uh, she'll just break out into songs. Sometimes she makes up her own songs. She just randomly sings about stuff. And uh, it's very funny, but obviously you can't like, laugh out loud. But, um, <clears throat> but she has this one. It's, it's basically, I think it's like a Christmas song. But it's, it's also a worship song, so I don't mind it. But it, she sings it all the time about Jesus and the manger and the, <laughs> and the angels. <laughs> it's like a, a go-to song. But uh, it's, I must say it's precious to see. So what a blessing. And uh, it doesn't matter what the context is. Um, in the car, on the loo. I caught her the other day. <clears throat> she still she's, can, do, she can help herself mostly. Here and there, she still needs a hand a bit. Um, and I caught her the other day on the toilet with the helmet on, with the cycling helmet on. So I was like, okay, is this an extreme sport now? You know, why, why are you wearing it? <laughs> Clearly she was busy with something, and then she had to run in any case. But, you know, so we were... <laughs> Most of you will might know this, but at her age, it's still a problem at, in the, at, the, at night time to get to the loo on time. So this is hopefully this is not being re- it's probably recorded. But in any case, when they, when she's when she's older, she'll blame me for this. But um, so <clears throat> so we found that for her to make it through the night, I need to take her to the loo just before when I kind of go to bed. So then she's been asleep for three hours or something, you know, so then we, I take her, but she's basically fast asleep. It's hilarious. So I take, I carry her, I, I help her to, you know, I, well, I, I have to do everything. I hold her, I hold her on. <laughs> and if I let go, she, she <laughs> falls over. So then uh, to do a quick toilet break, and then she's sharp to go through the night and without accidents. So praise the Lord for that. Eh? Any case. Please don't tell her I send this to you. Okay. Hallelujah. So uh, we are busy with the One Chwane campaign. <clears throat> you may know about this. This is the third year that we're doing this. A whole bunch of churches across Pretoria, across Chwane, that are uh, in unity, are ministering along the same theme this month of May. We're praying together. We are Every Sunday there's a different theme, and all the churches that are participating are ministering along the same lines this, this month. So it's really a blessed time of just getting together as the body of Christ and, and uni- unity around a specific thing. Uh, last year we were, I think, about 150 churches. I won't be surprised if we're over 200 this year. Uh, and uh, I've heard even as far as Hartbispoort and different parts, people are just getting on board. and So it's exciting. Uh, it's called, and this, this year's theme is, this month is One Heart. Yonetta um, ministered on one heart for God's people, I think it was last week. So this week we are dealing with one heart for the lost. Amen. So let's, um, 
let's get going right away. I've got, um, actually before we read First Peter, actually we're not going to do First Peter, that's another one, another sermon for the day. But before we do that, I want to ask you a question, and you and a couple of questions about well-known companies, well-known brands, and uh, you, need, you can just answer to the person next to you. Okay. So, do you know what is the core business of the following organizations? Firstly, Starbucks. Quickly tell the person next to you, what does Starbucks do? <coughs> if you can guess. All right. It's not a long answer. <laughs> then, Toyota. What do they do? Do you heard of that? Any clue? We don't have to talk about the quality or that we might, we might differ on those, but we know what they do, all right? So how about Colgate? Who's next to you? Do you know? Have you heard the name? Well, you know when, a, when you have a really powerful brand, what happens is when people start to use your brand instead of the name. So, so when people start saying Colgate instead of toothpaste. That is a powerful brand. You agree? Yep. Okay, what, what else? We got Coca-Cola. Heard that before? <laughs> Heard of that? <laughs> Addiction. Somebody's going like this. <laughs> so, on various mission trips across the planet, I have found that this is probably one of the most visible brands on the planet. So you can go into the deepest part of Africa in the middle of what seems to be nowhere, which is obviously somewhere for somebody. But for you, it might be the middle of nowhere, and you get to a little shack that sells stuff, and there will be a Coca-Cola sign there. In the same with India, you can go into the most rural parts of India, and it seems like you have to travel for days to get there, and then you'll find a little place, and it will have Coca-Cola sign. So that's a powerful brand. We know that one. Then finally... The Church of Jesus Christ. Give it a shot. Tell the person next to you, what is our main aim? Don't be quiet now. Do like before. Tell the <laughs> what is our core, core uh, business? Main aim. Why are we here? <clears throat> okay. I noticed that many of you didn't answer that one, so you can give me the answer later. So these guys, these companies that we mentioned now, they spend billions every year making sure that we know what they're all about. And they are very clear, and they spend those billions because they are clear on what they want to achieve. Now, I think it's probably also good for us to be clear and to know what we are all about. And the question that ties in with that is, why did Jesus have to come to earth? Why did he have to actually come as a man? Um, why, did he, why did he come as a man? Which we can also uh, talk about. But uh, let's read together. We'll look and see if the scripture helps us out on this. Let's look at Luke chapter 19. I'm going to read a couple, 10 verses, so just hang in there. Focus. <clears throat> Jesus, this is he. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. From verse one, uh, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich, and he was seeking to see who Jesus was, 
But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. He was vertically challenged. So he ran on ahead. He ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. This is the crowd and most of the people around. He was, he's going to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Amen. Great. Um, so right from the start here, we see that Jesus was clear on his mission. He was clear on his purpose and the reason why he came to the earth, the reason why he came. And um, so he was clear on that, and for this similar reason, we should be clear, we should have clarity around that. So let, I want us to look at a few basic points on uh, uh, how Jesus went about this. I'm really trusting for us to, to connect with the heart of God around this. Amen. Okay. Firstly, we see something here that is really encouraging, and, and Laura actually mentioned it before. Before we get to all that stuff. But, uh, um, and he says here right in the beginning, oh yes, just a bit of context briefly. So Zacchaeus was a tax collector. He was not, not only a general, a basic one, he was a chief tax collector. Now a tax collector general was somebody out of the community. So a local person, somebody that most people knew. And that made it worse because they worked for the Romans. They collected tax for the Roman Empire. And apparently how it worked is that they had a target. Okay, so those aren't new. So they had a target they had to aim for, kind of a threshold, and anything that they collected beyond that, they could keep for themselves. Hectic, right? So these guys apparently were just overcharged and defraud and just go ballistic, and they would get very rich with the result that they would be very unpopular in their community. Because firstly, they would be aiding the, the Romans to, in terms of kind of getting taxes out of the people, they would be kind of defrauding their own community, and they would make themselves very rich um, on, at, you know, at the expense of the community. All right, so they were mostly outcasts socially, not popular people, and uh, that's the basic context of this. All right, so um, this is Zacchaeus, um, and the interesting phrase I want to read right from the start here, we see he was a chief tax collector, and he was rich, and he was seeking to see who Jesus was. There's this crazy, blessed, amazing dynamic that even before we open our mouths, even before we pray for your neighbor or pray for somebody near you or your family member, God is already doing something in their hearts. Every single soul out there, God is working in them and stirring in their hearts somehow. Even before you've started praying for them, even before you've even spoken to them about Jesus, he is stirring something in them. In this guy, 
he wanted to see who Jesus was. And I've experienced this, and I've been surprised many times, because I shouldn't have been, that the most unlikely people that I maybe have encountered in evangelism scenarios, maybe somebody that I can't, when I struggle to relate with, maybe somebody that's kind of got a goth look going and full of, you know, black clothes and black makeup and piercings everywhere and tattoos everywhere else, you know, and somebody that we might think, oh, this guy's trying to make some kind of a statement. And then having chatted with somebody like that for a few minutes and then realizing this person has got a, such an urgent desire to know Jesus. And on, this face, on face value, I wouldn't have just thought that. Does that make sense? And you can take it to the other extreme. Maybe a CEO of a company drives a great car, has everything they need, doesn't need a thing in the world, but if you actually take the time to speak to them, you will probably be surprised that, wow, this person has a great desire and a need to know Jesus. Um, actually, I was struck by something Ronald Bonker said the other day at a conference. He said he's had the privilege to speak to many presidents and minister to them, and he's found that because they have such a lonely position, nobody ever asked them about these kind of things. And he's obviously doesn't have a fearful bone in his body. He will ask them straight, you know, how about your sins and how about your salvation? And he's found that sometimes they're the ones that have, have the most, you know, have the are most open because nobody ever talks to them about that stuff. So right there, he says that he actually had a desire. He wanted to see who Jesus was. So even off the bat, know that God goes before us. And even before we start engaging people, God is already working in their hearts. Amen. And then we see a powerful dynamic here. We see Jesus walking and acting under the guidance and leading of the Holy Spirit. We see, uh, and there's no reason to believe in Scripture that he had known Zacchaeus before. So I believe there may have been a, a dynamic of him receiving a word of knowledge from the Holy Spirit that this guy in the tree's name is Zacchaeus. And they may be able to actually call him by name and say, come down. I want to come and have a, I want to come eat at your house. Uh, so he was led, le- being led by the Holy Spirit. And, the, and he was among a big crowd of people, it seems. In fact, the crowd was such that the, he couldn't see. That's why he actually got into the tree. He was passing through Jericho. So he, he was on a tight schedule maybe getting there. Uh, but he was able to stop and engage with Zacchaeus under the unction of the Holy Spirit. And that's the first thing that I want to mention there is that, is that Jesus was able to take a moment in a, maybe a busy day and maybe a tight schedule and stop when the Holy Spirit spoke to him. I want to say that's the first step or the first key for us in our busy lives. Are you and I able to stop and listen to what the Holy Spirit says? Are we able to in fact, stay in touch with the Holy Spirit during our day. And I would say, probably for Jesus, this wasn't an interruption of his schedule. I like to believe that this was part of his schedule. <laughs> that he was, he, he was kind of in tune with the Holy Spirit to a point where he was expecting to have some kind of encounter with somebody in the, while passing through Jericho. I found that days where I, where I have had a heads up from the Holy Spirit and I've made time to engage with the Holy Spirit, you know, about this kind of thing. Sometimes that helps to have a heads up at the beginning of the day. At one time I was 
going out on an outreach, and uh, uh, as I was going out, the Lord said to me, somebody was going to get healed. I was like, oh, I don't know how should I feel about that. Is it like, <laughs> should I feel afraid or intimidated, you know? But I, I was like, okay. Um, but it wasn't blessing because I, could, I asked everybody I spoke to at the outreach, you know, how's it going? How's your health? <laughs> you know, it's that type of thing. And it was, an, it was a, a really amazing healing that evening. So, but he was walking in touch with the Holy Spirit. He was engaging with the Holy Spirit. And he was able to take a moment to stop in his day. And so my question is, are you and I at that place where we were able to, in the crazy lives that we live, in the sometimes hectic schedules that we have, to actually stop when the Holy Spirit says, listen, speak to this person, or take a moment with this colleague, or do you notice that that colleague is having a bad day, or how about, you know, say something to this teller at the, at the till, whatever it may be. Are we in a place where we, are we rushing, are we running full speed, not listening, just kind of doing our thing? Are we in a place where we are able to discern the Holy Spirit in those moments? And to be honest with you, you know, for instance, if I'm, you know, cycling or if I'm uh, doing my thing somewhere, you're not, it's easy to get kind of so focused in that, in the moment that you miss, miss the opportunities, miss the moments where the Holy Spirit wants to minister to somebody. But even when when that happens, while on a race or while doing something, while doing your hobby or your sport, once or twice it happened to me, while I'm busy with that thing that I love or that, that hobby, the Lord speaks to me about somebody. It's actually such an amazing opportunity to partner with the Holy Spirit in that moment, to minister to somebody, to pray for somebody, to encourage somebody, um, whatever the, the moment the, the need is there. But I, actually just to... Maybe take a step or two back. I remember um, as a believer, for the first, I would say, your first couple of years, maybe even six, seven years of, as a Christian, I had very little to zero concern for the lost. It just wasn't on my radar. Just obviously growing as a disciple, growing closer to God. And obviously as you, as you get to know God, it, I believe the you can't get to know Christ more. You can't grow as a disciple without that thing changing. So even though I was, I was born again, there was a time where I was basically pursuing the blessing of God and the presence of God. But this dynamic is, was not in my life, to be really honest with you. And... There was a bit of there was a, a bit of selfishness around it, and but I see now when I look back, I see that when I started to pursue Him more uh, urgently, that changed, because when I started to pursue Christ as a person, this thing came very strongly on the radar. Does that make sense? I remember um, when I started to get involved in intercession for the first time. That changed something. Because now I was actively pursuing the heart of God and what was on his heart. Does that make sense? And suddenly I was like, oh, you know, 
the last. <laughs> you know, and then, and then I remember at first it was, it was, I remember praying for the lost as if it was something far off. You know, like the people there in China or the, you know, Indonesia or, which is all good and fine, but only later on does it become more, does it become more urgent for right here, right now in my situation, the lost around me. Um, I remember the first mission trip I went on. There was a few outreaches in, in school, uh, which was more like a serving local community type of outreaches. And I remember, I, I remember enjoying them, and I remember being, you know, feeling appreciated, um, and maybe to a certain extent having that little bit of a sub, a conscious kind of okay, cool, I'm doing the right thing. You know, this is this is the good a good thing to do situation. And then later on, we went on this uh, intercession mission, and uh, there, I must say, that made a massive shift in my heart. Really, on a daily basis, engaging the heart of God for our nation. And that made a massive shift. But it hadn't then yet changed me to a point where it affected my daily life. Does that make sense? So, I, yes, I, had, I grew in this urgency, and I grew in this this, okay, you know, heart for the last, but it had not yet kind of turned into the daily, this has to be part of my daily life, okay? And I remember I was in, uh, in England working there, paying off some uh, study debt. Some of you know the story. And uh, just arrived, and a friend of mine from the hotel where I worked, we, we heard of the South African church, close by, so we said, clearly that's where we have to go, and we heard that uh, as good, you know, we were good Christians, and we heard about the social that's going to be happening, you know, Soki, which is like a social, like dance situation, and uh, we thought as good Christians, we're going to go and support this social, and um, we arrived there on the Friday evening, and we were a little bit surprised, it was only a small group of people, there was no, there was no music, and then we were asked a bit, we realized we got the day wrong. Okay, so the Soki was on the Wednesday, we pitched there on the Friday, and they were doing street evangelism. Yes, it was very awkward for a few moments. <laughs> like, okay, because now you're there, you know, you've made the trip. Um, and we <laughs> so we stayed. And um, to be honest with you, I'm so grateful to God. That we stayed, and I'm so grateful that I ended up there, because that was the first time that I got into that kind of space on a regular basis. Probably for the most of those ten months in the UK, every most Fridays, that's where I was. And I'm grateful to God for what He did in my heart, and I'm I'm so thankful for His grace because. Although I was pursuing him, although I was pursuing his heart, I had not yet put myself in that position to really experience his heart for the lost. And I want to challenge us with that. It's, it's one thing to pray. It's one thing to um, give for missions. But unless you and I pursue God to a point where we, that urgency puts us in a position where we have to... We, we just realize I have, I have to put myself in a position where I can engage the lost. 
Otherwise, I'm, I'm not really, I don't really know him. Does that make sense? If I, if I pursue somebody and I pursue Christ and I don't connect with him in the place that is, matters most to him, do I really know him? Do I, do I really have a relationship with somebody if I, if I don't know what matters most to them? And that, that brings, brought a massive shift to my heart. I was very much out of my comfort zone, to be really honest. I, you know, the people we ministered to, it was around the King's Cross station. There was a whole massive range of people from commuters that could be bankers or whatever, very affluent people, to the very poor, homeless. There were druggies um, buying. They were buying and selling drugs around the station. There was prostitution happening, pimps managing the prostitutes around the area. And um, so massive kind of (laughs) rain, different people from all kinds of different walks of life. And we would minister one-on-one. We would engage people as they were willing to do that. And I was astounded at the heart of God for people. When, when the moment we were willing to put ourselves in that place, to put ourselves in that position. In fact, a few months later, I joined some friends and we went to Vienna to, um, to attend the evangelism course thing. And the guy who was presenting it was this massive ex-gangster guy from uh, Nor- Norway. Huge guy, bodybuilder type guy, scary looking, long hair, tattoos, um, scars everywhere. Uh, crazy testimony. But um, his background was a gangster, gangsterism, and he was a pimp. You know, he used to, uh, he was coming from that drug and prostitution kind of background. So he knew that, he knew that world. And that was part of the course. He would take a day to, to kind of teach around how to minister in that kind of environment. And I remember being so way out of my comfort zone. <laughs> and he actually, that afternoon, I went off, every afternoon we went to do practicals. And that afternoon we went to the red light district. And I just remember standing to one side and saying, Lord, this is, uh, this is on a different planet for me. I was, grew up such a sheltered life. Didn't have a clue. And I, lit- I really felt that I, I, couldn't, I, couldn't really, I couldn't minister to these people. I didn't know where to start. I didn't know what to say. I remember kind of hiding in the corner and I prayed a dangerous prayer. And I'm so glad I did. And I, and I remember praying. I said, Lord, um, why don't you show me your heart? Why don't you show me your love? I just wept for a few minutes. I just, just overcome. Because you know that when you in that environment, I just I remember being so shocked at the um, at the condition of the people. Many of them dying already from all kinds of maybe AIDS or uh, just drug use. Just their physical condition seemed to kind of mirror their spiritual condition, their spiritual place and uh, and I remember just standing there and weeping and the, and the Lord just revealed something of his heart and although I couldn't share my own, te- I didn't have that testimony coming from that anything like that but I could go from that point I could minister because I, 
I was so convinced that Christ loved each and every soul. And that His grace was sufficient for me and His grace was sufficient for every person there. And I remember, I, you know, I could go and I could minister and the, the response was mixed, to be honest. It's the first time I had people spit in my face. Um, saying new words that I didn't know before. But um, some were very receptive. Some were willing to receive prayer. I'm so thankful I, I prayed that dangerous prayer. And I want to encourage you this evening, we're going to pray later on. To pray that prayer. Lord, show me your heart. I, I want to know your heart in this area. How can we how long, and I, to be honest, if I look back now, I'll say, how, how could it take so long for me as a believer to get to a point where I really connected with God at a place that matters to Him most? How could it take so long for me to pursue a person, Christ, without connecting with Him at that place, at that point that His heart is at? Are you with me this evening? I want to put that challenge before us. How long will it take? you and I, to connect with God in that place to a point where it transforms the way we live every day. Yes, it's good to do a mission once a year or to maybe do an outreach here and there, tick the box, ease the conscience. But to what, to, how long will it take for you and I to pursue the heart of God to a place where that urgency and that passion that is on His heart changes the way that I live every day. Changes the way I prioritize my finance, I prioritize my family and our holiday plans and our, my leave, my budget. I trust that God is going to stir something in us about this this evening. Amen. Okay. So we see Christ is willing to stop. He's willing to pause. He's willing to interrupt the schedule. And I would say not only to interrupt our schedules with the purpose of God, but that His purpose will become our schedule. I mean, that we would not say, okay, Lord, I'll make time for this <laughs> every, every, one, one Thursday in the month. Okay. But are we willing to say, Lord, direct me? wherever it may be, whatever situation it may be. Are you with me? Amen. Okay, let's go on. Um, the second gift that Jesus gave, the first was the gift of stopping, of pausing, of actually engaging. The second one is that he gave the gift of friendship. Um, guys, this is such a key. The people out there need real friendship. People have a desperate need, even if they don't know it. And uh, we cannot underestimate the power of inviting somebody into our space or taking time to get into somebody else's space. Jesus invites himself. He says, hey, we're coming to lunch or whatever, coming for a meal. For some, you know, some cultures, that's a big no-no, but he just steps right in there, you know. The powerful thing is here, he gets out of the tree and he receives him joyfully. That was a bit of a risky move, but he says he was joyfully received Christ into his house. 
Jesus doesn't only say, let's have, a, let's have a chat. He actually says, let's have a meal. In the context of that culture, that means I'm, I'm interested in proper relationship with you. This is not a flyby. This is not a quick. When you, when you go to eat with somebody, that meant another level of relationship. And Jesus engages with them on that level. I want to encourage us, guys, if we are willing to, like with this host thing, if we're willing to invite somebody into your space, already a place where hearts are opening. If you and I are willing to get into somebody else's space, we underestimate the power of the presence of God with us and His peace that, that is with us. And, you know, that place, just that place of willing, being willing to listen to their story, you know, being willing to, to take time to hear what's on their hearts. To take... We're still there. Yes. Take time to to hear what matters to them, to hear what's, what's their struggle, to engage with them in that place, to really care. That's what people are hungry for. And I've found, you know, if just even with some of the dads that are, that are with me at the Baliki rugby thing, um, and I've, some of them, I've roped them in to help me with the coaching and stuff because it's, it's really crazy to handle like 15, 4 and 5 year olds at one time. So they all help me out. So we've been frustrated together. We've celebrated together when they run in the right direction. You know, we've, you know, we've been through some ups and downs. So I'm, I'm really expecting, I'm really trusting for some opportunities to, to engage, maybe even do a little explore group with the guys. But I've noticed that, you know, even for instance, the one dad, his, his mom is in ICU at the moment, um, just going through crazy things. And just me t- checking in with him now and again on WhatsApp, how's it going? Give me an update. What can we pray for? I can see how much it means to him. We don't know each other well. We've seen each other around church, around school, and you know, the kids' school, and we've chatted a few times. We had a coffee once, but I can see that his heart is open. He already, he already knows God, but there's such he's kind of openness to, 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 for me to speak into his life. And I've noticed uh, often when when I ask somebody, in a, you know, not in a church context, in a different context, I ask them you know, about their life and they share something with me that's a, it's a need or a, a something that they're working through. And I say, you know what, I want to pray for you for that. And you can say they're like, oh, okay. But when, a week later, when you follow up on that, you say, how is that thing going? You see how surprised people are. They don't know that. They don't, they don't have experience of people following up and saying, I actually remembered and I actually prayed for you. They're like, what? <laughs> People have such a need for that. And such a, something so simple, but it's so powerful for us to care for people in a, in a way that matters. Amen? For, to get into that space, to listen to this story, to be willing to pray. And pray the bold prayers. Pray for the healings. Pray for the miracles. But be there. Be in this space. Be a friend. Be somebody that really cares. Remember that stuff. If you're not good at remembering that stuff, write it down. Put a reminder on your phone. Amen? We do that for other stuff. There's there's an amazing dynamic where caring about basic things opens people's hearts. And we're actually willing to listen. We're willing to engage. Amen? Okay. When last did somebody accuse you of going to spend time with a sinner. 
And last, did you have that accusation? I would say that would be a good one to have often. I wouldn't mind people accusing me that I spend too much time with sinners. Amen? Because that's the space that Jesus was at. A lot. He was often, he was often um, criticized because he was spending time with sinners. I want to ask, are we, can we be accused of the same? Amen? Do we, are we putting ourselves in that space? All right, so you see that he was able to stop. He was being led by the Holy Spirit. He gave a gift of friendship. He really cared. He went into that space. And then lastly, Jesus. Um, don't, don't touch it. Okay. Jesus um, gave the gift of life. So in his context, he was there himself, but... In our context, do we give the gift of Jesus? Do we, give, do we actually include the good news? And guys, this is a difficult one because it is sometimes easy to do the, the caring and it's sometimes easy to do the basic chat, but how to bring Christ into the situation is sometimes a challenge. I want to encourage you to make sure you do that. Because... The power of the gospel is way beyond what we can imagine. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God unto salvation for whoever believes. So whether that means I share with somebody or I just say, listen, I'm going to pray for you because I believe that Jesus hears our prayers. That's already a part of the gospel. Amen? Just to say, I'm going to pray and I'm going to trust God. I'm going to and that to to intervene. That's part of it. Amen? In other words, just taking that step of offering prayer, of encouraging, or maybe sharing your testimony, having been in a situ situation, maybe if you're able to relate, or but just to bring God into that situation, to bring the good news into that situation, into that conversation, is such a crucial thing. Um, and we underestimate the power of the gospel. So it doesn't mean you have to go to preach at somebody from a dizzy height the first time you meet them. But it does mean for them somebody to understand that I'm loving you because I'm loved. And I'm, I'm caring about you because somebody cares for me. Amen? Um, and offering those praise. And that sometimes, uh, we experience that in this, on the street evangelism thing. Most of those encounters are one-off encounters. Not often that you see somebody twice in a situation like that. So we always offered prayer. And I learned that sometimes when somebody responds, they, they are kind of just wanting to brush you off, which is fine, we understand. But I've had a few people saying, yo, you know what, uh, yo, can you pray for this? And it seems like something that's not really significant. But then I would say, okay, you know, maybe it's a dog that's ill or something like that. Or I'll use that example, or a pet or a budgie or something, you know. Um, and then I'd say, yes, okay, let's pray. And I, said, and I remember the one guy specifically asked to pray about something. And I said, okay, can we pray? And he said, right here. <laughs> I'm shocked, you know. <laughs> it, doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be right there. But I have, I have found that when there is an opportunity to pray with somebody, and they are willing, and we start with the budgie, and we pray, and then 
Once you're praying, you're not speaking to them anymore, right? They can't interrupt you. You pray, brother. <laughs> Obviously, don't, don't disrespect. Don't disrespect the boundary. If somebody says, I'd rather not, then that's also great. But uh, I've found that God is, able, is so faithful to touch hearts, even in that moment. And when that specific guy, he, um, we ended, I ended up praying for his children or something. He was keen to argue about lots of stuff. And, and I said, but tell me about your family. And then we ended up talking about his children. And then we ended up praying for his children. And he was shocked that I was wanting to pray right there. And I said, that's fine, I'll pray. You don't have to say anything. We can, do, we can keep our eyes open. That's another skill that you learn. <laughs> but, uh, and as I was praying, I could see the Holy Spirit touch him. He started to weep, started to cry. And afterwards, I said, I've never experienced anything like this before. And clearly, the Holy Spirit experienced the presence of God for the first time. Although he, he, was a, he thought of himself as a believer, um, he wanted to pray at Mass. I said, no, we can pray anytime. And he experienced the peace and the presence of God for the first time. So pray those prayers, offer prayer, encourage people. Be willing to bring Jesus into the situation. Be willing to bring the good news into the situation. Be willing to be prepared to share something of your story. Um, and what I've found is often when I'm chatting to somebody, whether it's a one-off or whether it's somebody that I have a relationship with, sometimes the Holy Spirit reminds me of a specific part of my testimony. And that's not by accident. And I would just say, yeah, I don't know why, but I'm I want to share this with you. <laughs> and I've learned to, to be able to share it short, right? I remember once chatting with somebody at a bus stop in London. And I said, listen, you know, we started chatting. And, and I said, can I share something with you? And she said, yes, but that's my bus there. Coming down the street. So I was like, okay. Challenge accepted. <laughs> and I, I had about 40 seconds. And when she got onto the bus, I remember she saying, I would love to hear more. I really have to go. You could see even in those few seconds, the Holy Spirit had started something in our heart. It started moving something. It started stirring something. And I can say to her, I'll continue to pray for you. So be ready, be prepared. Um, be able to share uh, your testimony. In any case, um, I found that the word of encouragement, a word of affirmation, a word of just a positive word sometimes. It's all somebody needs. Um, we're willing to keep our eyes open to those around us. And don't underestimate what people that, maybe colleagues or um, people in your class, but don't underestimate the way people notice how you handle difficult times. That ministers to people such a powerful way. I found in my, the most, my most difficult moments, by the grace of God, people come and ask me, how are you able to work through this and still be so peaceful? And it's funny, it's as if in those difficult seasons, when people are aware of stuff, you know, when we come to a place of vulnerability, saying, yes, actually, I'm working through some heavy things. And they still notice, but, but you're still so peaceful. But you're still not anxious. How, how does that work? 
Even just the fact that you're in that space ministers to people. And I've had people ask me, how, do, what, how does that work? And then I realize, wow, even in this dark time or this heavy time, God is ministering. Amen. Okay. I should get a short, shorter password. Amen. Okay. I want us to read a verse here from um, Psalms. Psalm 126, 5 and 6. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him, bringing the harvest with him. Painting a picture of somebody that's, it's not easy always. It's not, it's not the easiest thing. It's sometimes it's tough going out and weeping, but having seed and sowing. But coming back, rejoicing. Coming back, having partnered with Christ. Coming back with, with the harvest. And my question to us this evening is, what are we bringing with us? You know, when we enter into eternity one day, there's not a lot that we can take with us. Having, being able to have some, played some role in someone come to Christ, that is one of the few things that we can take with us. Souls, sheaves, the harvest. Having partnered with God, having seen Him work through our lives, having maybe, you know, we sometimes feel like we play such a small role, but even just that small role is something we can take with us into eternity. Something that we can rejoice in when we see Christ face to face. I believe that that the way the, the, the our response to the cross, our response to the Christ, determines where we spend eternity, whether it be with Him or not. But I believe our response to His call and our response to His mandate determines the way that we spend eternity with Jesus. I believe there's a moment where each of us will stand before Him and give an account of what we have done with what He has entrusted to us. And guys, I want to challenge us this evening. Are we living daily in a place that we are able to be good stewards of the manner that God has given us? Or are we just running off the stuff that's going to burn, the stuff that no, has no eternal value? Please don't quit your studies all at once, okay? That's not what I'm saying. But, but are we in that place, in that job, in that class, are we partnering with God? Are we connecting with His heart at the point that what matters to Him most? You know, I often think if Jesus, you know, didn't, wouldn't it have been easier the moment we got born again for for God just to rapture us, just there, you know? just the yes, his heart is, yes, great stuff, born again, come, finished, let's go, go to heaven, woohoo, you know, just save us some heartache and some issues, but do you agree that we have a reason why we're here, there's a purpose that God has for us, you know, Jesus says, in one place with the first disciple with his disciple says, My food is to do the will of my father and to finish his work. 
is he was clear on his mandate. He was clear on why he came. He came, the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Are you and I clear on why we are on this planet? And are we engaging the heart of God about that? Amen. So there's a bunch of opportunities, guys, and I want to encourage us. Let it not take a mistake like mine <laughs> to be in the wrong place <laughs> on the wrong evening or whatever, but I believe obviously that was God. Hallelujah. But uh, let's not wait for something like that. Let's grab the opportunities that we have to put ourselves in that situation where you and I can be transformed by God's heart and His love. We've got missions happening. You can still join the team. Get involved in prayer for that. Get involved in giving if you want to support somebody. We've got the Explore stuff coming up. This is a wonderful opportunity, guys. It's everybody, anybody can do it. I want to encourage you. Even if it's so daunting that you feel you can't do this on your own, then yes, buddy up. Find a buddy, do it together. But I know that there are people around you that I will never have access to. There's people, there are people around you that you are the only Bible, you are the only Jesus that they can see at this point. They don't get to church, I can't get into that space, you are. Amen? So I want to I invite you to partner with Christ. Say, Lord, who is here around me that I can invite? Who is here around me that I can encourage, that I can minister to, that I can... Just start by hosting. Just start by saying, guys, let's take this boardroom over lunch and let's, don't you want to join me for just a couple of weeks? It's not a lifetime commitment. You don't have to sign anything. It doesn't cost money. <laughs> don't you want to join me? We're just going to, we're going to look at a few basic stuff around faith and see what God does in the hearts of people when they hear the gospel. Amen. And there's also, I mean, the street evangelism thing. It's not, I know it's out of your comfort zone. But that's where I connected with the heart of God like nowhere, no other place before. So put yourself in that position. Come and join us. Uh, we, we don't throw you in completely in the deep end, like halfway. Normally pair people up with maybe people that have been there before, but Come and join and check it out and see what God does. Amen. Let's stand this evening. We're going to pray. Um, there's a couple of specific groups of people I want to pray for. And, um, and there were also some words that came up through in intercession which we want to mention, which we'll do that in a moment, uh, but specifically on my heart, I, I felt that if you in that space, maybe where I was a couple of years ago, we, were you not connecting with God in that place? And if you have to be really, really honest with yourself, the concern or the heart for the loss or the urgency for the loss is not in a, is not in your life to a point where it's affecting your daily life. And I want to say, don't fall under condemnation this evening, but if, if, 
But won't you respond to the invitation of the Father to connect with His heart at that point? So don't now feel guilty about it. But I want to pray with you all. Let somebody pray and agree with you to say, I want to, I want to know God in this area. To a point where it changes the way I live. Amen. The second group I felt is that maybe there's some here that have been in that place. They have experienced God ministering and working through them in powerful ways. Maybe you've, as, a, as a younger person, maybe you were involved with outreaches and stuff and ministering to classmates or whatever. But right now, you're not in that space. Maybe your work life has just gotten the better of you and just, it's just a bit of a rush. Or maybe when you started working, you used to pray for your office colleagues, but now you're not in that space anymore. I feel the Holy Spirit is just inviting you back there. And it's not a, it's not a big, it's not, again, it's not a big condemnation thing. It's just saying, Lord, I want to I wanna engage with your heart. All that. I'm, for some reason, I just feel to share this story. There's a guy, and it was in my class. Uh, actually, a friend of mine in res, he, he was in class with um, another guy. <laughs> and uh, he, he heard him speak uh, in class. And this guy was a proper sinner, okay? Did it properly, full on, all right? So, and, uh, and the... And then one, one week, my, my friend heard, heard him testify in class. He heard him talk about what had happened in his life. He said he went to this happy, clappy church called Shofar. And, you know, his life was turned upside down. He made him commit, you know, I can't remember what he said. But he basically just said all the stuff that was been happening to him. And then he got about the Holy Spirit. And he was baptized. And it's crazy. And he was just sharing loudly that everybody, nobody could kind of avoid it. And then, you know, this friend of mine wasn't a different church, life-giving church. And he, at one point afterwards, he, he said to him, listen, I'm also, I'm also saved, you know. And, I, and I, you know, I'm also spirit-filled. And, I, and I, he said to me, you know, this is, he said to me, um, the guy got so upset. He was shocked. He, said, he looked at him, he was, he was completely, he was like, What? you telling me that you've been sitting in class with me for three years and you didn't say one word? He was angry. He says, why, why haven't you shared this with me? And he was properly upset. <laughs> and I was, I was so challenged <laughs> by that situation because this guy is just bursting. He's just overflowing with what God is doing in his life. And, and he's like, why would you withhold that from me? Why would you not share it? My friend obviously was like, oh. <laughs> not his best moment as a Christian. And I was like, oh, you know. I was challenged because I don't want to have that conversation with somebody in eternity. Amen. I don't want to have a conversation with my neighbor and saying, but why didn't you say anything before? I mean, and the other group of people I feel to pray for us, um, somebody, I feel maybe more, maybe more than one person that feels distant from God in general. It feels, even as we're chatting through this now, that you almost feel like, like you're not, you're not, you can't relate because you feel far from Him. I just feel there's an invitation 
And that the Lord has already made provision for what is feeling like it's coming in between you and God. And He's, and he's inviting you to draw near to Him. Amen. Let's pray this evening. Hallelujah. Father, we give you all honor and glory and praise. Lord, we, we are so thankful. We're so thankful for the cross. We are so thankful for Jesus, Lord, that you sent your son to, to carry our weight of sin, Lord. That you sent your son to open to the new and living way for us. To send your son that we that carried our punishment and our pain and our every curse and every result of our sin and every demonic thing, every pain and every sickness, Lord, you carried for us. We, we, we can't even fathom your love for us, Lord. But we are so grateful. And Father, this evening we realize that that is the, re, that is the foundation, that is the the rock on which we stand, Lord, is that the finished work of the cross. And it's because we have freely received forgiveness. It's because we have freely received your grace. We can freely give it in the same way, Lord. And this evening, before we pray for all the other stuff, as every eyes closed, if you are here this evening and you are far from Him, and you are here this evening, maybe you've never had any sort of relationship with God, Maybe you're new to this church thing or you're new to this Jesus thing, but tonight you have a conviction in your heart that you know something has to change in your life. And maybe this evening you have a conviction that you want to follow Him. That maybe for the first time, or maybe it's, you've been in this place before and you know you want to return to Him. I believe that God is calling you to Himself. He's inviting you to follow Him as Lord and Savior. He's inviting you to lay down your life. He's inviting you to take up your cross. He's inviting you to, to let go of the, of the control of your life and inviting you to let Him be your Lord and your King and your Savior and your Father and your Redeemer and your Healer. So much more. If that's you this evening while every eye is closed and you'd like to pray with me and say, yes, I want to Make right with God this evening. Would you raise your hand for a moment? I'd love to pray with you. Is there anybody like that this evening? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I couldn't see any hands, but if you if you have a conviction in your heart this evening at the end when we're praying for people, won't you come to my left, your right, and the front here specifically? You, you need to just pray with somebody just to, to pray through what God is doing in your heart right now um, for us to just walk that road with you. Amen? So if anybody has that conviction, even if you haven't put up your hand, I want you please to be bold. In a moment, we're going to be praying for some specific people for you to come to this side. We're going to pray with you. Amen? And then as we... I'm going to pray now in general, but I want us just to get, for Gareth to share also just one or two people that we want to pray for. Thanks. Evening, everyone. Uh, when we were praying before the service, like for you, uh, and uh, God showed us some people or some specific things that people maybe struggling with, you can pray for. And, 
uh, one of the, the pictures is this sort of that some people feel like they're alone, like they may be telling you the Yaku's message, they feel like they need to minister in a place where they're the only Christian, or the only believer, or they feel isolated um, in like a desert place where, where God has placed you. And I felt like well, what, the, what the vision that, what that came forward was like with a bucket of water and like watering you where you are in the desert place. And uh, it's maybe one person, there's another vision of just people feeling like God only notices the big things in your life. Like God only notices when something massive happens. But uh, someone just had a, a picture of God noticing the tiniest details of your life, the small things, like the day-to-day things, like the, the tiny things. And then there was just words about people that maybe need to, are struggling with forgiveness and God wanting to heal you and deliver you of that or, or, or feeling like you're carrying a burden and God wanting to... I just really feel like God wants to meet with us tonight. Like God wants to come and like unburden our hearts of all the things that that burden us and keep us from following Him. But, but God wants to meet with us, and He wants to meet with us powerfully. I had such a excitement in my heart the whole day. I just had this feeling that God wants to like show His power to us tonight. Um, I want to encourage you: don't don't leave thinking you'll deal with things at home. Like if God is reaching out to us here, respond to Him here. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much. Amen. So I want to just ask, even right now, if, if any of that is, you can relate to any of that, why don't you just be bold and take, take your belongings and just step out to come to the front. We'd like to just pray with you for a moment. So if that's you, or even if, if you feel like you want to connect with God's heart in that place, why don't you just take, take a step forward now and come and stand in the front. I'd love to pray with you. have some facilitators to come forward please Um, appreciate that and if you if any of the words that Gareth shared with you specifically or mean something to you please mention that to your facilitator they can pray into that specifically and also if you have a need of healing this evening he, God has not changed his mind about that. I mean, he's, he's made provision on the cross for our health. Even if you want to stand proxy for somebody, you want to pray for somebody for healing, please be bold, come to the front. Even that, that evening that the Lord said that somebody was going to be healed, I was so fearful, I was so hesitant, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I remember going down to the station and sharing with many people and asking and then I got to this guy that was sitting chatting to my sister at that point and he was on crutches and he had his leg full bound up and he was in pain and I prayed with him I said can I pray with him and I remember as I knelt down to lay hands on his leg I knew he was healed I knew because God had given the word Amen. he's already spoken the word he's already finished the work and he was healed instantly encourage you if you have that need this evening if something some healing please be bold come to the front we'd love to land and you would love to pray i mean if you have any other need that you want somebody to agree with you in prayer about please be bold maybe ask somebody next to you maybe come to the front but don't go without having somebody pray for you i mean i'm going to pray close the service if you have a prayer need come to the front Otherwise, please join us for some refreshments. Remember to sign up for the host training on the website. There's a link to sign up for the training, okay? Anybody can come. Let's pray. Let's close briefly. Father, we thank you for your presence. 
We thank you for your word. In the name of Jesus, we ask, Lord, that you would stir in our hearts at the place where what matters to you most, God, is what matters to us most, God. In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask, Lord, that you would move on the inside of us with a stir in us with that same compassion that had Jesus go to the cross, Lord. In Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, that right now we ask, Lord, that Yes, God, we desire a place of intimacy with you, Lord, but that we would specifically, Lord, engage with your heart in a place of intimacy around what is matters to you most, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, we, 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 we bind every fear of man in this place in the name of Jesus Christ. We ask, Lord, that you would dispel from our hearts every fear that keeps us, every anxiety, everything, every fear of rejection, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we cancel. And we thank you, Lord, even as we go from this place, that you burn in our hearts an urgency, Lord, and a boldness to love people around us, God, in Jesus' name. A boldness, Lord, to step out of the boat. A boldness to step out of our comfort zone and trust you to see you work in and through our lives, Lord, in Jesus' name. Now I speak your peace over every person in this place. And we thank you for fruit, Lord, in our lives that will glorify your name, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much. Please join us in the front or please join us for some refreshments. Thanks so much. God bless. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and His glory in your life. For more info, call us on 012-362-1363. Email us, pretoria at shofaronline.org. Browse our website, www.shofaronline.org. Or like us on facebook.com forward slash shofarpretoria.